Carrie Hummingbird has come to realize the absolute power of a mother to set into motion the life experience of her children. She has also come to realize the absolute power of humans to love and care for the planet or to destroy everything in sight. The key is the consciousness with which humans are birthed into the world, raised into adults, and dedicate themselves to self-mastery. She loves and honors her mother. She loves and honors herself. She loves and honors Mother Earth. Valeria Tellis interviews Carrie Hummingbird, the author of Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. Carrie Hummingbird Sami is a soul guide, shamanic healer, award-winning author, and inspirational speaker. Carrie has over 20 years of experience in leading by inspiration and a special passion for empowering women to be the artists of their lives. She mentors women to rewrite the story of their lives through inner transformation, connection to essence, remembrance of purpose, and realignment to authenticity and truth. She is certified in energy medicine by the Four Winds Light Body School, certified as a spiritual coach by the Artist of the Spirit Coach Training Program and Heather Ash Amara, certified in empowerment and firewalk training by Sundor, and certified as a warrior goddess facilitator. She is the past president of the Austin chapter of the International Association of Women, IAW. Carrie currently has two bestsellers listed on Amazon. The first was released in 2019, The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and her second book. In 2014, the Indie Spiritual Book Awards conferred the honor of Best in Category to Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, and in 2015, it won Pinnacle Best in Category for Self-Help and National Indie Excellence Awards winner in Category for Spirituality. Her 2015 best-selling book, From We to Me, Emerging Self After Divorce, reached number 16 in the divorce category on Amazon. Carrie works with clients around the world. Meet Carrie at carriehummingbird.com. Here is the interview with Carrie Hummingbird. In your own words, who is Carrie Hummingbird? Wow, that's a deep question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I'm a soul that came to this planet to experience being human and to assist others in uh, the consciousness raising that's happening on the planet at this time. And I'm a muse, I'm a sage. I'm a hummingbird messenger of spirit, and I am a woman. I'm a mother to two sons and a stepmom to a daughter and another son, and I'm a spouse, a partner, and I'm a writer, and I'm a mentor, and I love to open the magical door to allow people to walk through that to find themselves in their truth beyond whatever ideas they might have had up until now about who they really are, kind of get outside that box and discover the wild, the nature. Mm -hmm. I love, we were talking about nature before. Yes, yeah. To find out who they really are. 
when we talk about truth, do you now have found this truth with capital T, the ultimate truth about what life is all about? Or it's spread out in individual and personal truth? That's a really interesting question as well. I I feel like truth is revealed in layers to me. Yeah. Yeah. And in in windows that I can look through and moments that I can have an awareness or realization that's so profound, it's sort of jaw-dropping. And then as that integrates in, then some other truth unfolds itself. It's like a pathway of truth. There's revelations. And as they each come in to me, I'm astounded. And then as I integrate them, they become normal. And then the next astounding truth is revealed. And that's sort of how I've been stepping through this, uh, this journey. From your perspective, Carrie, as of today, what would be like to be liberated, to be free? I think that being free is, is dropping the arguments with mm-hmm. what is. You know, it's, yeah. it's actually, for so many people that follow me or listen to my broadcast, they're these unique souls who have come to this planet but also feel uncomfortable being human, yeah. sort of this experience being um, new to them or denser somehow than their normal frequency. And this can feel like encumbered, but actually the liberation in this case comes from fully embracing being human and actually learning Mm. how to delight in it Mm. and to be in awe of the experience rather than in resistance to it or gosh, I can't wait till this is over and I can get out of this body. It's, you know, it's like that creates more friction, you know, to be in resistance to it. So it's sort of like Mm. learning to love it fully and then you are free inside Mm. that experience because you're in love with it that resonates uh true to me (laughs) all the way just being embodying life itself not having a life but being life itself that is something that it it seems like it's not an awakening an understanding even carrie from my perspective it seems like i don't know where comes from, but it, it is outside of this, let's say, the ego or the idea of me. When the me is not there or there's no sense of understanding life or wanting to understand and, and finding all these meanings and purposes to be here, then that's when I feel more um, expanded, per se, and kind of life itself and a part of it or having one even. Yeah, it's the mind that wants to categorize and label and and name it. And whenever that happens, it limits it in some way because the mind is a limited construct. It's only here for this temporary human experience. And beyond the mind is the heart and the actual experience of life. And that's very liberating to be in that space. And so, you know, sometimes like I'm having this experience right now upon returning from leading a sacred retreat in Peru for a couple of weeks for some wonderful human beings, it was so expanding for me that my mind has been sort of, the faucet has been turned Mm -hmm. off. So so I'm I'm in this strange Mm -hmm. space, even on this interview of like no Mm -hmm. mind. So I know I'm speaking, but I'm Mm -hmm. not speaking from there. I'm speaking Mm -hmm. from my heart. Mm -hmm. And 
And so there's not logic to anything. And the sharp focus that was there years ago has softened and softened and softened and softened. So my mind is very soft. And in that space, I feel more free, although it does bother the personality aspect of me that feels like or notices that everything in reality or the mainstream reality is so sharp focused and people are sort of hard edged. And like, if I'm not being that way, then am I belonging? But I feel like if in this space I can be soft and just speaking from my heart, then I'm in the expanded space of the greater belonging mm. and that space has room for everyone. Right. So I feel like that is more freedom. I love that description, the idea of no mind. It, what reminds me to the reference I have is unconditional love. I mm. usually talk about it and I write about it. Unconditional love, no judgment. And I wonder if this is something that we can really hold on to as a state or as long as we are attached to the mind or the me, then that becomes an experience of in and out. Uh, one day I feel uh, I am judgmental, another day I, I'm not, or, or going moment by moment. I sense, I guess, or something tells me that the life is just unconditional, unconditional love, everything that's happening now. There's nothing that is not. Everything's included, as you said. Everything is, is life, is Perhaps not beautiful as the meme would love to be <laughs> with the ideas, but it's just perfect as it is. It, it is. It's actually, I had this vision on the retreat of life as this river that's timeless and it flows and it's flowing right through the heart of our planet and right through us right now mm. because it, there's nothing separating anything. Right. And so it's, right. it's this massive flowing river mm. that goes through the heart of all of us. And as we tap into that timeless river, it becomes ridiculous to think about placing a, some kind of stake in the sand and saying, this yes. is who I am and yes. <laughs> defying this huge river that's yes. flowing through all of life. Like mm. that seems preposterous. Right. But yet we do that. Yet yes, right. humans do that. They, they, which is kind of why humanity has caught the attention of, of the galaxy, you know, the sort of the, the timeless presence is because of our, you know, sort of courageous <laughs> stand against the storm. Like, no, we shall have history and we shall exist and we right, shall right, right. make our mark. And we, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and it's like just so funny. It is. You know, yeah. you actually see the bigger picture. <laughs> like, really? But yeah. I think the path into that bigger, that mm. bigger knowing, that river is to forgive it all and realize that it was all for you anyway, right. like this experience. And there isn't a need to blame anyone, you know, right, right. sort of like the last holdout for that for most people is our mothers, right? We like yeah. totally want to blame our mothers for everything or mm. our fathers, right. as the case may be. But when you, when you reach that last sort of seawall, it's like, and you, and you tear that down and you say, no, I'm so grateful for all of the, I've gotten so far, like my life, my birth, my, my mother, my father, my creation, my existence. And it's all been a beautiful journey. 
And even if it had pain that it was for me, it was teaching me. There's like that last seawall breaks and then you are in your essence and that is part of the river. So that's the ultimate freedom is to be free of your identity. It keeps coming back to me that way because it makes sense from that understanding that um, judgment requires separation. We have Mm -hmm. to be separated in order to judge anything out there. But we are actually not separated from anything, from wholeness, from the divine. It's one, it's one, one and many at the same time. That's what I see. One and two and three and a billion at the same time. So it's like a paradox in a way. But that's what it is. And it, it cannot be different in a way. It can't. Well, it has billions of eyes, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the Peruvians, they have, I don't know if they have this in Brazil, but in Peru, in Peru they have the, the headband, right? With the yeah. with all the little eyes all yeah. over everything. And then yeah. they place that around your hat so, because to symbolize seeing in all directions and seeing with thousands of eyes. Mm. That yeah. is what spirit is. I mean, mm. like thousands <laughs> of witnesses. Yeah, which includes that too, right? The thousand eyes, as you say it, right? Includes that the wholeness that it is includes the separation, which is so, I mean, the mind cannot get it, right? It can't get it. (laughs) So you wrote the book. This is your second book, right, Carrie, if I did my homework right. Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. So I guess the question that I wanted to ask you, it came to me earlier and I have it here, is from your perspective, what does it mean to be a mother? Oh, to me, it means to take on the master path on this planet, which is to birth into creation another being, and then to mentor that being with unconditional love. And it's just like, the thing that cracks your heart open over and over and over and over and over and over again your whole life. Like once you make that choice, there's just constant heart cracking. It's, it's the, the gift that never stops giving, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that master pathway of birthing a a person into being and, and helping that soul and knowing when to help and when to stand back and, and when to let them fall and scrape their knees and when to swoop in and support is just, um, it's just an amazing path and all the things that it brings up for personal reflection and just walking that path, you know, I feel like it's the most confusing job there is because it's so unique to each person and each relationship. Like, Every mother has a different relationship with every child. So it's completely a unique condition between two souls. It's never the same. And um, for that reason, most, you know, most books about it are kind of helpful to some degree, but not fully because it can't, you can't possibly describe all the combinations Mm. of relationship. It's too diverse. So it's really the master path, you know, for awakening your heart into unconditional love. So for those who chose, or which I don't kind of believe in, in choice anymore in a way of free will, to me it's just life happening. Like in my case, I never had children and it seems like I'll never have that experience. So what would you say to those who, women like myself, who will never experience that? How can we still have that sense of being a mother somehow? Can we still do that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I serve mothers and mothers in other ways is what I call it. 
because some of us um, chose to come into this incarnation without having biological children because the fact is that having biological children um, or even adopting children, it opens you to a certain level of karma. And some souls only want to be here like a lifetime or two. They don't want to stay here long enough to rectify the karma that gets created when you become a parent. So that's really understandable, you know, and every soul, like you said, has made a choice before coming into the incarnation as to what, um, what was going to be on, on the soul's curriculum. So the book that I wrote is really about for every human being, because we all have a mother. It's really coming to terms with that relationship. So all of us have a mother. And so we can all relate to that conversation of how we were conditioned out of love by our mothers in a way that that has served us up until now. And now it's time to break free of that conditioning and to find who you really are in truth underneath all that. And then to come back into forgiveness and, and release with your biological mother or your stepmother, however that might be for you, like how you were parented and to release all of that as part of the necessary growth condition for who you needed to be in this lifetime past all of that, you know, that sort of conditioned self. And in the second wave book, which I've been on here talking about, they talk about that in terms of the, the book of fate, you know, and so the book of fate is the book we wrote in order to have a life plan that would carry us until the moment we woke up. And then the moment you wake up, you get to rectify that that book of fate and close the book and step into the book of destiny. And the mm. book of destiny can only ever be opened by your soul because that's like the free play. That's sort mm. of like, you know, artists say that um, you first have to learn the rules of artistry and then you can break them all. Yeah. And so in this way, is like the book of fate is, is like that art classroom, like learning all the rules. You have to paint in the lines and then you have to have this color next to that color and, you know, perspective and all the lessons of the art classroom, of life classroom. You're learning that. And then when your soul wakes up inside of you, now you can break all the rules because you are the co-creator. But speaking of the journey, talk to me for a moment about your own journey with the mother wound. In a book, you talk about that. Yeah. I began writing the book because I was nudged, you know, after I released the second wave book, I thought I was going to go on book tour and then no dice, you know, no, you're going to write another book. Yeah. And it was called The Mother Wound. And I thought, oh, well, that makes sense because at the time I was having a lot of challenges in communicating with my mother and really had had many challenges communicating with her my whole life up until then. And then my dad had passed away for a few years and that had really brought everything to a head. And I was wondering how I was ever going to go out as a spiritual talk, you know, speaker, anything with my home life such a wreck. Like, how can I go tell people about love when my home life Mm -hmm. is not that way? You know, when my mom and I weren't even talking and I knew that I had to write this book because for me, writing the book is healing, is doing the healing. It's like the realizations and recording them and and all of that process like helps me in my own spiritual path. And so I really wrote the book to mark my path, to mark that mastery walk through forgiving my mother, yeah. you know, and yeah. then realizing I didn't need to forgive her because there's nothing to forgive. Mm, Like my mom was the best mom I needed. I needed everything she taught me and all of that I use today. So it's like that 
coming to that place of total acceptance that this was the mother I chose for myself because her life plan meant that I was going to learn so many things that I needed in my life plan to do the work I'm here to do. And she graciously um, stepped forward to be that, that soul that would birth me into existence in this life and to do all the hard things that are painful for the soul. You know, um, the soul is so loving and then to have to be cruel or mean from time to time is like a hard thing. This was my journey to accepting my mother as my mother and then also myself as a mother and, mm, yeah. you know, owning my inner journey of reconciliation for my inner child that just was crying out for support and help and and was trying to run my life, you know, which is not very helpful child, like mm-hmm. trying to run your life. And yet sure. most adults are with children inside running their lives and they don't even know it. That's why it's not working very well is because they have an inner child that's running the show. And I had to get that opportunity to learn how to heal my inner child and hold her so well that she would just sit in my lap and let the wise woman within me lead and speak and take steps. And then it's much better that way anyway, because your inner child wants to feel safe and that's really all she cares about. And so creating a space where you're able to rise up to allow your wise woman to speak and lead is the space that I'm encouraging everyone to step into now because our planet needs us. Our planet needs us to be adults making good Mm. decisions. And in order to do that, we have to make this inner shift from the inner child or the inner teenager into the adult that knows how to make sacrifices and good, good choices and based in community and isn't afraid. Mm. That's the one that needs to lead. And and I believe that all of us need to heal that mother wound now so we can be in harmony with ourselves and with the earth. It's kind of like the earth has shown me when when people release the mud, there's like this mud caking everybody's heart light yeah. and it's preventing good decisions that if we release the mud and we just we clear the mud off of ourselves and off of our heart lights, our heart lights will shine so bright that it will burn off the rest of the mud and our feet will be planted back on the earth. And when our feet are planted on the earth, the earth will move through us with the wisdom we need to take the next step. And each of us being in that space is what's needed right now on the planet for us to come into harmony for all of the sake of the animals, the plants, all of life on earth. And for seven generations to come, it's important that we each take that step now. And so that's why I published the book. I love when you say that the planet needs us to be adults, which translates to me as being wiser, peaceful, loving. But in a way, it starts with ourselves, right? We can't really give what we don't have. And I love how you say that too in a book. You keep repeating that message, important message about self-love, self-compassion, honoring yourself. You say, my deep love and loyalty for my mother is what finally stood in the way of my own healing until I was willing to value my own life and voice as a top priority. So talk to me for a moment about honoring ourselves, um, this piece of life that we claim to have and the voice within. How do we learn to do that? How did you learn to do that? 
Well, we have we learned to do it by breaking conventions, you know, because yeah. there's a whole system of conventions set up to prevent you being honest with yourself about yeah. how you really feel, you yeah, know? true. I mean, you're not allowed to be angry for number yeah. one, yeah. you know, but anger is a real human emotion. That's actually something that happens on a regular basis. So to act like it doesn't happen is a lie. And then to suppress it is to hurt your body. I mean, look at how many people now have medical conditions because they're not allowing themselves to express their truth. Now, there's nice, healthy ways to express our truth, right? So I'm not suggesting that we purge anger all over somebody that we're angry with. I mean, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. Right. But we can learn to be in relationship with it in a, in a really healthy way. That is like, I just was working with one of my students about this on the retreat and she had been stuffing some anger. And I said, okay, your only homework assignment is to just whenever you're angry, just find somebody close to you and say, you know what? I'm feeling angry and I just needed to voice that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yes, right. That's it. I'm feeling right. angry. I mean, right. right there, it dismantles it, right? But, yeah. you know, you just say it. So, yeah, we have to break conventions. I mean, mm. I was roaring in my house like a lion. And yeah. um, my my son, who's 18, was like, Mom, that's going to scare the kids. And I was like, no, it's not. I've just told them that, you know, it's okay to roar like a lion. Yeah. When you feel angry, like, mm. let the energy out. And then, you know, find something calm and soothing to do to, to replenish your energies. But to deny that you feel anger is like, is a lie. And it's self-harm. Yeah. So I think we have to break a lot of conventions and we have yeah. to do it the quote wrong way, mm, yes. you know, until there's a new way that's more healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this from somebody, I don't know who wrote this or said in the podcast about there's no right way or wrong way. There's just your way, which goes back to that uh, intuitive way of living um, from within. I love that message, though. It's one that I have been writing about and practicing myself, if we can call it a practice, uh, self-compassion, self-love. And I see the reason why, yeah, that was needed for me. Yeah, exactly that. We had to break all these conventions, you know, because these conventions are what's causing all the stifling of humanity. And, yeah. you know, we're all trying to conform with each other to be accepted. And, and yeah. we're conforming against rules that... We, you know, we really don't need that anymore. If if we just realized we were safe, we could express so much more than we express. When you talk about this, I think about the reality we live in, which is still dominated by male, the masculine energies and instructors. So how do we learn to do that? Even when I think about going out and uh, being kind of comfortable with, in my own body, I have to think about the consequences of that if I just go out of the house wearing whatever I want to wear to be comfortable. So it's something that I can't do, or most women can. What would you say, what is your perspective on that? Feeling safe, even though we are not safe? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the main thing is to feel safe inside your body and then miracles unfold right in front of you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, because we're like attracting to us all the time, exactly our state of being and our state of mind and our belief system. Yeah. And so, you know, mm. inside your egg, inside your auric field, if you're, if you're really fully feeling your freedom and you're going to, whatever you want to wear, you're going to wear it out, then you're yeah. going to attract to you exactly the experience that you think you're going to have based on that inner healing. And if it's really healed, you're not going to have any negative thing. You're just going to have people be in awe of you. Like, wow, look how free mm -hmm. she is. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a totally beautiful experience. You're going to like illuminate hearts and minds. Yeah. And, you know, but if you're still sort of feeling um, the pull of shame or, 
guilt or somehow like you should cover up your body or whatever, you know, all these conditions and domestications we've had for generations. If that's still part of your reality, it's going to show up. Wow. You know, it's not a problem. You know, it's actually not a problem that it shows up. It's like it shows up so you can heal it. You can see it and you can heal it and you can do with it what you need to do with it to change your reality. Because each one of us is totally capable of shifting our reality on the outside by shifting the inner reality. That's what we're doing. And then we're matched up with different people based on our state of healing, based on our our belief systems. So you can have a totally amazing... Like I, I just took this group right down to Peru and everyone's like, oh, COVID, COVID, COVID. (laughs) And we're in and out, no problems. Like we don't have COVID. We're fine. Mm, Right. You know, we're in and out. We spent all this time in nature and out out in Peru and we had a beautiful time. We were in Lima. We were in all these places. We didn't get sick. Right. That's not part of my reality. So we didn't create that. There is a passage you say, a beautiful passage you say, a woman in her true power gives everyone a space to flourish because she is the constant gardener. She is the mother earth. Beautifully written. Uh, I love that, Carrie. Yeah, so true. And so I think now it's the time to talk about her. The white Buffalo woman. Who is she and how did you discover her? Or how did she discover you? Yes, white buffalo woman. Well, she's also called white buffalo calf woman. Yeah, yes. And in the book, in the ch- there's a channeled section in the book where she says, actually, I'm white buffalo woman and I left you a calf. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. Why are you calling me right. a calf woman? Anyway, yeah. I thought that was funny. I was yeah, like, really? I'm going to push that. Okay, <laughs> going against years of indigenous um, legends. Okay, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm a, you know, I'm a disruptor. So what do you want? Right. But yeah, that she came to me. I, um, I was like, wow. Okay, I was working with White Eagle. And White Eagle, I have a soul affinity with. So I was really surprised. I was like, okay, how does White Buffalo Calf Woman relate to me? Because I don't feel, I'm not sure I'm soul connected there. And so I was surprised, but it was just because I was open and I was available to write that book. And so that's basically, um, there was a contract there to write that book. And so I wrote the book, but she is an amazing um, guide for connecting us with ceremony and Mother Earth. And she mm-hmm. actually uh, visited the Lakota people right, be, you know, generations ago and gave them all of their sacred rituals for connecting with spirit, including the, the peace pipe, you know, including like blowing smoke to the four directions and, and creating a sacred space. She taught them many, many things, the sweat lodge, you know, all of these traditions that they have upheld this whole time very dutifully and with honor. And she has um, returned now because she said she would return at the time of the white buffalo. Uh, so we've had white buffaloes have been born. And so she's returning. And this teaching is about ceremony and the earth. So it's about honoring Mother Earth with ceremony and ritual, which, you know, many ceremonies and rituals have, um, I mean, our whole life is a ceremony and ritual. Many churches have ceremonies and rituals, but they've created fear around indigenous Mm. ceremony and rituals or nature-based ceremonies and rituals. So what's actually being returned to us is nature-based ceremonies and rituals that are from the heart, that are connected to Mother Earth because we're reawakening the Mother Earth by honoring her. So like in places like Peru, like you, you're in Brazil. And so you understand yeah. this, I think, better than maybe somebody in the United States. Yeah. But the land is sacred. Right. 
Okay. So right. when I, you know when you visit Peru, you go to um, Alcangate. We were just at the holy mountain Alcangate. These mountains, these sacred spaces, have been had ritual and ceremony performed there for generations and generations and generations, thousands of years. And because of that, the land is alive. Like the land in the sacred valley is breathing. It's alive. Wow. Mother Earth is alive. She's colorful. She's she's awake. And so when you visit there, you feel it in your body. Like we went to Kinsakocha, which is three lakes, and we hiked in um, to the center and we did sacred ceremony in the marshes. And and you could, all all of us felt so palpably Mother Earth presence that we all got on our knees Mm. and, and and just with our foreheads on the ground and just cried. Because that's how powerful Mother Earth is when she's alive. And pulsing. Mm. And, you know, you can, re- we received energy like through our feet, like the earth was vibrating, you know, energy up through our feet and into wow. our bodies. It's wow. just amazing. This is the kind of experience you can have when people have been dutifully honoring the earth, which is our mother. And we're all made of earth. So we're all connected with her. She knows exactly what we're thinking, what we're doing, because she's our teacher. <laughs> like she's got the download. <laughs> You can't, you can't fake out Mother Earth. Like she knows exactly mm. what you're thinking and she knows what you're feeling and she knows your lessons. I mean, she's your teacher. She are in her body. So to act like we're not is the biggest disconnection ever. And mm. that's really the thing that needs to be healed right now. So that's why White Buffalo Calf Woman has returned is to teach us how to have ceremony and ritual with the earth from our heart so that we reawaken that sacred connection with the mother goddess and we we wake ourselves up and our bodies to communion with this big, beautiful planet that we live on called Mother Earth. This is the garden. Mm-hmm. Like Christians talk about like, you know, that we walked away from the garden. No, we didn't. We're in the garden. We just started littering in it. That's it. Like we forgot that this was a sacred garden and we started littering and pillaging it right. instead of loving and caring for it. Right. So like it's the heart of God, like we're in the heart of God. Mm. That's what this planet is. Yeah, as you talked about being on earth and when it's alive, how it feels like my body, it was vibrating and all the goosebumps and feeling different, right? It's almost like you transmitted that to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you've been in spaces like that because you live in Brazil. So there's Mm. places that are alive like that and like, suburbs are not necessarily alive like that. Although you can make your, your own property alive like that. Like we've done my house, we live in a suburb and we've reawakened the land Mm -hmm. on our property. Wow. But it's not, it's still not the same as being in Machu Picchu or being, um, Alcingate or these say, you know, Kinsakocha or these places that are, that's just been alive and free for so long, but it's a step towards it. Yeah, I love the word you use again. Yeah, free. So, yeah, that freedom again, when we can resonate with it, it's just, um, I mean, it's beyond words even. We're almost at the end, but I would love to hear from you, speaking of ceremonies, about the living as sacred ceremonies. You have a section in your book and you recommend these uh, creating altars and mandalas on Mother Earth. So talk to me about these um, ceremonies. There are many of them actually suggestions here. 
in your book. Yeah, there's, you know, ceremony is from your heart. So yeah. I've given, because people have fallen out of the way of having ceremony. So I've given some ideas and suggestions. And in the book is one um, for healing the mother wound. And this is directly from white buffalo calf, white, white buffalo woman, white buffalo calf woman. There's um, a ritual for doing an earth mandala to heal the mother wound. And the list of ingredients is all included in the book and the process. And you can keep it open as long as you want. So as long as you feel like your heart is still healing, then you just keep this awake on the earth and you just keep bringing new things to it every day, like maybe some flower petals or some tobacco or an offering, or maybe you add a new realization into it. And so it's really about your consciousness expressed in a tangible way in the ceremony, through the ceremony, and with the objects that are part of the ceremony. This is called, um, for those of people who are interested in terminology, this is called animism. So it's a form of shamanism, but it's where things um, take on meaning for you. And then in the taking on of the meaning, they actually perform a function to move energy for you. So the the Carol people high in the Andes mountains, they have this form of animism where they create a mesa and it's called um, being a mesa carrier. It's also, the pronunciation is actually misha, but the Western people, we call it mesa. Inside of it are all these little kuyas, these little medicine stones, and they represent something significant about your life and about your spiritual path. And by working with these stones, you actually can move energy through your whole vessel. You can move energy in your life. You can move energy in your body um, using these stones. So they also do the earth paintings, the mandalas we were talking about. So this is a way of a spiritual path that is like tangible so that you feel it happening more than you're thinking about it. It's not like reading a book. It's more like feeling the energy move and being, feeling your heart open and, and putting your blessings on the earth and saying thank you and listening for messages. So that's basically what this process is. And as you open up to the book and you do the ceremony, you're also guided by a white buffalo woman. I mean, she's helping you etherically to connect in, to remember through all those ancestral cells in your bodies, way back there was somebody who knew how to do this. And she's just reawakening that knowing in your body so that you can have that experience today. Wow. Yeah, you made me not just think, but get to do that. That You know, I just looked at my house uh, today after, like, reflecting on, your, on, on this suggestion. And then, yeah, that was missing. Like, you know, this is something that I could do. Thank you so much, Carrie, for the reminder of what matters in this existence, in this reality, in this experience in the human body, that reconnecting with unconditional love. That's what keeps coming back to me. And that's what earth is to me, unconditional love in that in period, <laughs> um, holding everything as sacred, everything. I have these final questions for you. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? I would just like to encourage people to get a drum and start to beat the drum to your heart and open your heart, you know, abre corazón, really open it, open it with the drum and reconnect your heart back to Mother Earth. And and that's another form of ceremony. It's uh, very personal. It can be community, 
but it's just a beautiful experience to get a drum and just reawaken that that ancestral part of you that knows how to connect with Mother Earth. And and I would just encourage anybody who's feels inspired by this to, you know, get the book and do the practice and just notice what happens. Run the experiment. Thank you so much again, Carrie, for being the vessel of that wisdom, of the profound wisdom. And my last question is to you. I think I'll ask this one. What is another word for healing? I would say reconciliation. And last question. What are three things you wish everyone to know or experience before they leave the body? Oh, I would love for everyone to experience a heart awakening and a feeling of agape love and connection and understanding like beyond um, any doubt knowing how loved you are. I love how you keep returning to love. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, message it's the best thing in town, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this beautiful circle that keeps coming back to it, to itself. Love, love. Thank you again, Carrie, for being the reminder of that. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yes, my website is the perfect place to go. It's carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And up there, you'll find access to my books and um, my programs, Healing the Mother Wound, and also the one-year program to build your own Mesa and come to Peru with us and have mystical, mm-hmm. magical experiences in sacred lands that are still awake. <laughs> ah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Spiritual it's fun. So amazing. Fun, right. We need to go back to that too, right? Having fun, feeling that just lighten up. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Carrie, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Carrie Hummingbird and her work, please visit CarrieHummingbird.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.